The stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I am Annette Comer, your host, and each week, the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. Today's woman grew up always having two to three jobs, and even though sometimes afraid, she always kept going. In her mind, quitting was the only way to not be successful. As a young woman, she loved clothes and at one point sold them out of the trunk of her car. But her parents were big on education and pushed her hard in this direction. While working full-time and part-time jobs, she went to school and had children. And in the midst of it all, she co-founded a company with her husband that overhauled aircraft engines. However, after 16 years running this business, she felt something was missing. When a friend made her a t-shirt that said, I am love, she knew what it was. She saw the missing piece to play successfully in fashion. The Peace Love World brand was born. Today, her global lifestyle brand inspires others to live in love, peace, and happiness. It is my pleasure to introduce you to one of the world's greatest women, Alina Villasante. Hi, Alina. Hi. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Annette. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we're going to have a you're, lot of fun you're, together. You're the world's most powerful woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, thank you so much. I, one takes one to know one, right? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so we have limited time together today. So let's jump right on in. The cornerstone of your success is transparency and honesty. Yet these are often rare in business. So how do these two qualities show up in the way you do business? And have you ever struggled to be true to them? So I would say that in the beginning of my career, the father of my kids is one of the most honest people I've ever met in every way. And owning an FAA repair station, it's, it's something that's very, very important when you're you know, working with the FAA. I'd like to say that I feel that a lot of the integrity and honesty that I got was, you know, I really learned from him in many ways. Even though I did bring up and was brought up in a very honest home with very honest parents, but he really showed me business ethic and it stilled it in me. And I always want to maintain that same kind of character that I admire in him so much. Have you ever struggled to stay true to that? I mean, I don't think so. I think that, especially in today's world with millennials, because I can tell you this speaking from my kids, you know, the millennial generation, they don't want any BS. You know, they are all about the facts, the truth. I mean, you don't Photoshop a picture in their eyes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really crazy. So I think that between him and my children, I've always kind of had people surrounding me that stayed very true to who we were. And I don't really know any different. So no, I really think that your word is the one thing in life that you have to keep if you really want to have a successful life because your word and your character is everything. And trust me, when things go wrong, as they will and do, a good word and somebody that trusts you, you'll have people by your side to get you out of it. Yeah, isn't that so important? Absolutely. Because, because today in the business world, there's so much of that missing. So it's not hard to stand out and shine when you stand by those principles, is it? No, it's it's just, it's really, really important. And to me, you know, if I had to live two lives, I would say, you know, I always say, like, if you get a second chance and you remember your first life, right? I think it's such, and I teach it to my children all the time. I tell them, you know, your word is so important. You know, what you say, do what you say, say what you do, 
even when I make a commitment, like I said, I'm going to write a book and it's been two years and I haven't finished my book. You know, I'm hard on myself because I made that commitment to myself. So it's something that I, it's a goal that I have to achieve for myself. Excellent. Excellent. So I'm going to stay in this entrepreneur space for a second in, in the business world. So like every entrepreneur, there are many problems that sometimes feel like they're going to sink your business. When they have come your way, how have you moved through them so they don't sink your spirit and your drive to succeed? So, you know, there's that moment, the initial shock, whether for us it was 9-11 and, you know, many other things that you really think you're going to lose it all. So in that, let's say that first shocking moment, you think about what you need to save. And it's always family, food on the table, right? You're like, okay. I 9-11, I'll give you a perfect example. I thought we were going to lose everything. I mean, I was convinced this was it. All I cared about was that I had my family and that we'll keep our word. We'll pay people the money we owe them. We'll start again. I mean, that was honestly, if you ask me in the first 24 hours business-wise, it's survival mode. But then your entrepreneur spirit kicks out and says, no, you know, we're going to make it through this. Everybody's going through the same thing. If other people can do it, so can we. And it's just about kind of getting rid of the fear because at first there's fear, there's doubt, there's uncertainty, which is very hard to live with. And then you regroup and you put an action plan together and you go because there's always excuses why you can stop. Oh, you know, we have the pandemic. Oh, we have 9-11. Oh, we have, you know, but that doesn't really mean that you should stop. It just means you have to work a little harder to get past this somehow. And it's, it's hard, but you know, the only way to lose is to give up. If you give up your guaranteed loss. So it's guaranteed. If you don't give up, you have a chance to make it. So I always pick the path of the chance. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to dig just a little bit further on this because one of the things you said, which I think is so important is that you recognize that shock. Oh, woe is me period, but you don't stay there. So it's no, you don't 24 there, to 48 you know? hours and you're like, oh, crap, what happened here? Yeah. But once you realize that, you know, your your family's OK and you can put food on the table. And if that's the bare minimum, that's what survival mode, you know, would feel like. But once you're like, no, we can do more than this because you've got to get up from any of these things. It's hard. It's really hard because, you know, when there's loss and there's and, and then when it's happening to so many people you almost feel like, okay, you're going to be okay because it's happening to more people. That doesn't mean you need to stay in that zone. Right, right. It's really the distinguishing piece, isn't it? That you don't yes. stay there. Not that you never go there. You just don't stay there. Yeah, you just don't stay there. You just don't Whatever stay there. it takes, you keep going. And, you know, I have these Cuban roots that were instilled in me that we do whatever it takes. If we have to clean a toilet, we clean a toilet. If we, I mean, there's no job too small or big for us. You know, we are not above it. Yeah, I was brought up the same way. I've always said, I, if I had to flip burgers or clean toilets or whatever, I could do it. Pick Call up, pop, pick up pop bottles. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> so, so many women fall into the trap of comparing themselves to others, yet you resist falling into this rabbit hole. So what is your mindset around comparing yourself to others? I just don't because I think that we're all different. We all have a special gift. And you know what? You never really know what anybody's going through. You don't know how great it is and you don't know how bad it is. You have to do you. I have a group of very powerful women. I love them all. We all go through different things in life. We're all in different professions. 
and I don't know if it's my character, but I never compare myself to them. You know, I've always been an individualist and I love what I love and I do what I do. And I love the people around me while I'm doing it. But I, I, it's just something that I've never, you know, Instagram has that. Oh, actually, sometimes people are on all these vacations and I'm like, how's everybody on vacation? I'm working. <laughs> so I, I do do that. <laughs> so you're not, you are human. <laughs> I am human. No, but in things like that, you know, sometimes I feel like maybe I'm doing so much of this and, you know, people are in the mountains and they're doing it. And of course, when I'm on those vacations, I'm sure people are thinking the same thing. And that's an Instagram thing. But I really love and admire powerful women. I mean, I'm just like a big supporter on doing you and finding what really just tingles your soul and makes you want to get up in the morning. And what tingles you is not going to be what tingles me. And I'm going to stay in this just for a second, because I think this is something that's really juicy that women need to hear. I think that we often, when we get into this comparing ourselves to others, we create what we think their life is like. Yes. And it may not be at all. Absolutely not. Let me tell you, when I was separated from my husband and I had friends that were going through hard times, I would tell them, the grass is not greener on the other side. And there's nothing more beautiful than keeping your family together. So, you know, we all have our reasons why we make the choices that we make, but that doesn't mean that you should make somebody else's choice because, you know, you can't take the things that you have that are so good for granted because somebody else's life looks better. Right. right. You know, and be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for and pay attention <laughs> to what happens when you compare yourself to other. It doesn't make you feel good. Absolutely not. It really doesn't. It makes you feel bad most of the time. So, Lena, your success has led to wealth. And my question around this, is money what drives you or is it something else? Absolutely not what drives me. Do I like having money? Absolutely. Do I love nice clothes? Absolutely. But I don't work for money and the father of my kids does not either. First of all, money is the reward for success. So the successful people I know don't work for money. It's their reward. And yes, of course, that's the end game, right? But you don't go into your job every day thinking of that money coming through the door. It's the challenge of making a goal, achieving it, winning, doing something great, making other people happy, making other people feel good. It just feels so good. And then, of course, when that check comes right behind it, it's like, woohoo! <laughs> right? That's a, that's a cherry on top, isn't it? stay in this for a second. So when that checks comes, what is your view on how your wealth should be used? Do you have a thought process you go through of how you want to use your wealth? Well, I definitely, you know, always think about my family and about, you know, the future and things like that. But I did when I sold my aviation company, I went through this thing where it was 2008 and everybody was losing everything. And that's when I sold my company. It was like the reverse, you know, and I kind of thought of it as a message from the man upstairs. Like you're supposed to be doing more with your life. You're supposed to be doing more. And it forced me to really go into the philanthropy world. And I always say, I didn't feel like mother Teresa when I did it. And I wasn't trying to be mother Teresa. I was trying to give back because I thought it was the right thing to do, but I didn't know where to do it or how to do it. 
And then Haiti had that earthquake and people I knew were involved in the University of Miami. And this shelter fell into my hands. And when I first got involved, it was a very out-of-body experience for me. The things that I saw and experienced were not anything I've ever been exposed to. So it's hard to see what other people have to go through. It's very difficult, but it's so rewarding to give of your time and anything you can give. There's nothing too little or too big and to be involved. I didn't want to just give money. I wanted to touch it and feel it. And, you know, to know that where we were five years ago versus where we are today, that we somehow made a difference. So, yeah, I do think that it's our responsibility. You know, I think that the more you give, the more you get into the circle of life. And if you want to keep it all for yourself, it's a very lonely life. So I'm just all about love the people around you, be happy and, you know, share what you got. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. So in this, this sharing and the struggles you've had, you told me that you have a practice where you write down your struggles and when they're resolved, you post them on your wall. So why do you do this and how does that help you? So a few years back, I had a um, not such a great partner and I went, my mom went through some health issues and I, my relationship ended and I was going through a really hard time. And I remember that every day I would go to church and I would put holy water and I had my little Jesus pen. I was, God, please help me. And, you know, like every day, cause they say, you know, I forget the verse that anything can happen through Christ who strengthens you. But anyway, so I remember that as, as prayers would be answered, I didn't want to forget. And that was my fuel to know that things were going to get better with time. So I, I actually don't put them on the wall. There was paper and I would cut them in little pieces. And then I would put, you know, my mom's brain tumor, my relationship, my children, whatever it was in the little card. And every time God answered a prayer, I would fold it up and I would put it in my wallet. Oh. And then every once in a while, I still have them there actually. Every once in a while, I open up my wallet if I'm on a flight or something and I read them and it's unbelievable to go back to what you felt at that moment and how devastated, how scared you were and where you are today. Because so many people ask for things and pray for things, but they don't remember the things they got in those devastating times. And I'm going to tell you the strength I have today when something presents itself isn't as hard because I know what I went through. I know what I got out of. I know where I am. And I feel more power, more faith, and more strength than I ever have in my life. And when you start to waver, you pull that wallet out, open up I pull those the wallet and paper. I say, you know what? My mom got out of the brain tumor. You know, I no longer have my business partner. I got my company back. My company's booming. And a lot of it has to do with hard work, perseverance, believing, goal setting you know, routines of the mind, the body, the soul, you know, it's not just one formula. There's so many things that go into success that, you know, yeah, luck has a little bit to do with it, but the harder I work, the luckier I am. <laughs> isn't that the truth? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> it's amazing how that happens, isn't it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Seems to be a universal law. <laughs> <laughs> so as a mother, you told me it's important to realize that not everything looks like a Christmas card. So, no. <laughs> so what did you mean by this? And what do you want to tell other mothers out there who think their life needs to look like a Christmas card? So, you know, I always did the most beautiful Christmas cards my whole life. And it's so funny. My kids were such a pain in the butt doing these Christmas cards. 
But my middle son, Christopher, at an older age, I stopped just like five years ago because they were always like, oh, why do I got to do a Christmas card, you know? And my son was like, why don't we do Christmas cards anymore? I'm like, really? But anyway, <laughs> the, the funny thing is that when I separated from my husband, everybody was shocked. Everybody. And you know what it was? I always say it was the Christmas card. Everything just looks so beautiful. And, you know, life just seems, and, you know, we are a beautiful family inside and out, but life wasn't the Christmas card. There were things going on outside the Christmas card that, you know, were challenging for us. And I always refer back to that because, you know, pictures, Instagram, all that, that's not real life. Nobody's putting their heartache on Instagram. Nobody's putting their ugly days on Instagram or their bad hair days. <laughs> you know, you can say, oh, this is me with no makeup. But I guarantee you that the angle was. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you're right. <laughs> so that's what I meant by the Christmas card. So when people would say, I don't understand what happened. Like, you know, one lady said, your Christmas cards were always so beautiful. I'm like, yeah, but that's not my life. That's a Christmas card. That's a Christmas card. And you're always like, oh, look at that beautiful baby. And look at that, the outfits. I didn't see where they threw up all over that outfit before exactly. the picture was taken. Exactly. One year, my older son was like, why do we have to do this? So I have one last question. You've never been afraid to dream. And so many of your dreams have come true. What would you advise others to do if they want the universe to deliver on their dreams? Make a vision board, imagine it in your head, think about it, take steps towards it. And if you have to work another job and you're not, you don't have time to live your dream, then do the job that makes you money and feeds you while dabbling into what feeds your soul, because anything can come true with the right hard work, the right timing, the right dreaming. I mean, I never had a penny to my name when I started my companies. I didn't have, you know, rich parents that gave me everything. I didn't, you know, it was a different generation. But if you want it bad enough and you're good at it and you were born with that gift because we were all born with a gift, why not you? I mean, why not? There's no reason. I always look at other people and say, well, if they can do it, why can't I? Right? Why can't you? Yeah, I love that. I love that. Selena, is there anything about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women? Well, I don't know how great my journey is. You know, like when you say it, I just feel like a normal person. But, you know, I just have this, my daughter says, you operate at a different frequency. But no, you know, I work really hard on being a happy person and being a positive person and really seeing the bright side of everything. I'm definitely not perfect, but I constantly work at feeling happy. And the more things that I find make me happy and move my soul, I, I do more of them every day. My newest discovery is I love jumping rope. I love the Peloton. I love my new puppy. I love living with a view. So anything that incites my soul, I'm doing more of it. And I think that's where everybody needs to find what makes them happy. Make that list and find more of it in your life. Yeah, I think that's brilliant advice. Yeah, and a great way to to wrap up our interview. Lena, thank you so much for taking thank time you. to be with me. I know you're a busy woman doing all kinds <laughs> of things, and I'm so glad you were willing to share your nuggets of wisdom with the audience. Thank you. We always find time for the things we love, right? Yeah, yes, we do. Yes, <laughs> we do. And Lena's another great example of how women are challenging the norm, 
making things happen and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the World's Greatest Women Show as another powerful woman story unfolds. 